You're listening to Agile Ideas, the podcast, hosted by Fatima Rabucci. For anyone listening out there not having a good day, please know there is help out there. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Agile Ideas. I'm Fatima, CEO at Agile Management Office, mental health ambassador, and your host. This podcast is made possible thanks to Agile Management Office. We help businesses in three key ways improving organizational culture and delivery, supporting transformation and change, and streamlining governance and processes using 20 years of proven practice and the AMO Way model. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to you about how agile portfolio management helps organizations respond better to changing business needs. We all know that agile-based methodologies have become increasingly popular in recent years, as organizations seek to become more flexible and responsive to changing market conditions. Yet, there is a lot of challenges around how to do this right. So I'm going to talk you through the key differences, some of the common challenges that businesses are facing currently, some advantages of doing agile portfolio management, and also some recommendations and takeaways to help you move forward. So let's get into it. When we think about agile and its immense rise over the last, sort of say, five, six years. Knowing Agile's been around for more than 25 years, although has grown in immense popularity, or at least what I've seen, I'd say equally over the last five to 10 years has grown significantly. And there has been a lot of Agile-based methodologies that have been developed that have continued to grow, uh, grow the popularity and also grow the reach of Agile as a concept. It's become increasingly popular as organizations themselves are looking to find ways to become more adaptive to the res- to the market conditions. And we've had a lot of changes over the recent years, and that's only added to the necessity of being more agile in our portfolios. When we think about agile and one of the areas that agile has proven particularly effective is in portfolio management itself. By applying agile principles to portfolio management, organizations can gain better visibility and control over their portfolios, while also increasing their ability to respond to the changing business needs and demands around them. Now, if you are not really clear on the definitions of portfolio management, I'd recommend you listen to an earlier podcast talking about the introduction of projects and programs and what they mean. But ultimately, a portfolio can be made up of projects and programs, but also BAU or business as usual initiatives as well. In larger organizations, they split their organization into different divisions. And within those divisions, they have what they call portfolios. And those portfolios are a mix of running the business and changing the business as well. In terms of the conversation today, I want you to think of portfolio management as more around projects and programs that are going to help to change the business. So when we think about traditional portfolio management, it focuses on planning, budgeting, resource allocation, and typically for a set of projects and programs that align with strategic goals. Now, portfolio management at an enterprise level is usually done by a function called the Enterprise Portfolio Management Office or an Investment Management Office or a value management office, or something of a similar name. Ultimately, it typically involves a hierarchical process, 
and it has a number of senior management teams making decisions based on available data and projections. The approach itself, although it's been used forever and ever and ever, has its limitations, including a lack of flexibility and adaptability to changing circumstances. For example, organizations that typically use a traditional approach to portfolio management would plan out and start their planning cycle. So let's say that your let's say that your planning cycle follows a calendar year, meaning you start in January and your year ends in December. So if you're one of those organizations who works in a calendar year, typically you'd probably start planning the following year in around July and maybe July, August. So you start planning halfway through the current year for the year ahead, and you start doing so in July and August. And as you get closer to September, you're really looking at firming up and locking down your plan for the rest of the new year. Now, it typically takes a good two or three months, and that's why rolling planning, which happens on a quarterly basis, can be really beneficial, but we'll talk about that later. Ultimately, if you're planning for the new year in July, August, September, and then you're waiting for budgets to get approved, which in many instances may or may not happen in the current year, but rather usually around January, then what happens is you end up having your new plan approved and financial budgets approved, and it may come quite late in the new year. So really what that means is you've set yourself up with a plan for the whole calendar year. And what typically happens is so many things would shift and change that by planning that way and setting a plan for the entire year and using a traditional portfolio management focus, it doesn't give you the flexibility and the agility to change things and move things around. By applying some agile principles to your portfolio management, on the other hand, it takes a more iterative and collaborative approach to what would typically be traditional portfolio management. So for example, rather than relying on a fixed set of requirements and planning assumptions, agile portfolio management is based on an ongoing process of continuous improvement and feedback. It allows organizations to adjust their portfolios in real time, responding to market changes and customer needs as they go. So when you think about the real differentiator between traditional and agile portfolio management, it's about the iterative collaborative part of the approach. Now, you can't be following a traditional approach to portfolio management and then just decide to turn turn it on and become agile the next day. There's actually a number of things you need to think about. And one of those things is the key differences. I've already outlined some of the key differences between traditional and agile portfolio management, but the number one difference is the focus on outcomes. So traditional portfolio management may focus on inputs such as budgets and resource constraints, whereas agile portfolio management focuses on delivering value to customers. And this itself requires a more customer-centric approach and enables you to focus with deep understanding on meeting customer needs. For example, organizations that follow a more agile portfolio management approach will provide a funding envelope to different divisions or departments or portfolios and enable them to utilize the funding in a way that they think is best suited to delivering on customer needs. Whereas in a traditional portfolio management approach, you would 
typically provide a estimate for what you need across your projects, programs, and portfolio overall, and request funding for those said initiatives. Meaning you need to know upfront what you're planning on delivering in entirety in order to get the funding approval. And even then you may not get all of the funding approved. Now, say you're partway through the year and something significant happens in the market. By having a fixed view on your portfolio and your budget and your resources upfront, it probably won't give you the flexibility to move things around uh, at short notice. Another key difference between traditional portfolio management and agile portfolio management is the level of collaboration between different teams and departments. Agile portfolio management relies on cross-functional teams and open communication channels to facilitate that collaboration, the transparency and also rapid feedback. This approach allows organizations to quickly identify and address issues as they arise. That ensures that you can make better decisions about your portfolio and your peers and their portfolios. So as a as a real example in this instance is traditionally what would happen is each individual portfolio is running to the beat of their own drum and seldom do the two meet. But in an agile environment, there is a number of different uh, events that occur to ensure that all portfolios have clear visibility and transparency in what each of them are delivering. This also reduces duplication and rework, which typically happens when organizations enable planning to happen in isolation. So now that we've spoken about a couple of key differences, what are some of the challenges that businesses are facing? So I thought I would share some of these based on recent experiences with organizations of different sizes and also some typical challenges that are common in this space. Now, when we think about agile portfolio management, there is always a need to shift in mindset. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're like me, I'm probably getting over hearing those words because it's become something that is always thrown around, but seldom actually implemented. When we think about shifting our mindset, we're also thinking about focusing on continuous learning and improvement. So rather than relying on a fixed set of assumptions and planning assumptions, agile portfolio management encourages organizations to embrace uncertainty and experimentation. It actually invites it. But this type of approach requires a willingness to take risks and actually try new approaches. And that can be really difficult for organizations that are used to more hierarchical and controlled environments. For example, many of the large banks in Australia and around the world have tried to move from their traditional cumbersome hierarchical approaches to a more agile way of working. Now, some have done it with success, others not so much. So some of the challenges that they have faced and other organizations like them are including a number of things such as resistance to change. So some stakeholders in this instance may be resistant to the idea of changing their existing processes and methodologies, and they may be hesitant to adopt the new ways of working. Now, this is extremely common and one of the most common things I think I would say I'm seeing. Now, really, most people don't want to change for two reasons. Either they don't understand the change or they don't want to proceed with the change. Now, let me just explain. Not understanding the change may mean that you haven't given them sufficient information to help them understand why they are going to change the way that that they're working, the value and benefits to them, 
and the approach that they need to take and what support they're going to get. On the other hand, some people refuse to change, whether directly or indirectly, and are typically seen as resistant because they don't want to bring transparency to the way that they work. And trust me, I've seen this firsthand where we have some portfolio directors or divisional managers who really just don't want people to know what's going on in their world. And so they'll be resistant to change. Another key common challenge is a lack of expertise. So organizations may lack the necessary expertise and experience to successfully implement agile portfolio management. This is particularly relevant when agile itself or agile-based methodologies are not commonplace in this organization. So really, it's about understanding where do you sit in terms of your current experience and knowledge and what are the gaps you need to fill before you attempt something like this. Another challenge is around organizational culture. So this ties quite nicely into the mindset piece. When we think about traditional portfolio management, it's often associated with the hierarchical and command and control organizational culture. Whereas adopting an agile approach requires a more collaborative and open culture, which may be difficult to achieve in some organizations. There are ways around it, but this is why transitioning to more agile ways of working takes so very long because we know Rome wasn't built in a day. Other challenges include lack of buy-in, which goes to what I mentioned around resistance and organizational culture. But one of the ones that I seem to see quite frequently and why one of the reasons Agile Management Office is often brought in to help is because of the lack of integration with existing processes. For example, organizations may need to iterate Agile portfolio management with their existing processes, such as financial management, governance, resource management, planning, pipeline management, et cetera, et cetera. And a common challenge that's faced by organizations that are introducing Agile at scale is actually working out how to manage investments across the project portfolios that might span multiple divisions. Now, there's a lot of ways that you can do that. And one of those things that has been applied that has been proven useful in a number of organizations is the concept of value streams. But there will be a whole nother podcast episode on that. And then when we think about some of the other challenges, everything from communication and transparency, capacity and resource constraints, and least but not all is metrics and measurement. So when we think about metrics and measurements, measuring the success of agile portfolio management requires a different set of metrics than traditional portfolio management. And organizations might struggle to identify and track the right metrics that ensures that they are delivering value to customers and stakeholders. As an example, many organizations typically use concepts such as OKRs or objectives and key results. And that is immensely helpful to helping drive a different way of measuring and managing metrics. So there are some of the challenges, some of the most common challenges that businesses face. I'd love to hear from you of other challenges that you've seen in your organization or organizations that you've worked with. So make sure you reach out to me on LinkedIn or respond to the podcast in the comments. So now we've talked about challenges. Let's talk about the advantages, the advantages of agile portfolio management. Well, it not only helps organizations respond better to changing market conditions, which I've spoken about already, but it also encourages innovation and creativity. And my goodness, this is probably one of the most exciting places to be in. 
working in teams and actually having the ability to see them explore their creative side, you know, the art behind project management is absolutely encouraging. By embracing uncertainty and experimenting, organizations get to explore new ideas and opportunities that they may not have considered before under traditional portfolio management practices. Let me explain. So when we think about what I mentioned earlier around traditional portfolio management, well, in that context, as I mentioned, you usually need to know what it is that you want to achieve and then basically bid for the money, the organization's investments like put your requests forward, outline what you're going to do, and then hope that you get approval for all, if not some, of the funding that you've requested. Whereas in an agile portfolio management environment, you actually don't have all of that predetermined upfront. It's actually about having an ability to have some creative freedom and some flexibility. Now, that does not mean that you just get a bucket of money and you can spend it on whatever you want, whenever you want, and just pray to God that you actually do get some results. No, there's obviously some boundaries and guardrails around how you would be leveraging those funds and how you will use them and also how you will demonstrate some of those outcomes that we talked about earlier. As an example, in an agile portfolio management approach, typically an organization may try a quarterly view of the portfolio as opposed to an annual view. Now, if you are a division that puts forward some suggestions around what you plan to achieve, and they are the outcomes you hope, whether it's increasing customer retention, growing your market share, whatever they may be, then how you get there is entirely up to you. Now, if you are one of the portfolios that's continuing to meet those targets and then some, then the next quarter comes around, you're probably going to get more of the funding bucket. Whereas if you're one of those portfolios that isn't delivering on the measurements and outcomes you outlined, you're probably not going to get as much funding. So it's a much more efficient and fair way, I think, of releasing funding. Another advantage of Agile portfolio management is that it provides a framework for prioritizing and sequencing projects based on their business value. By focusing on delivering value to customers, organizations can ensure that their portfolios are aligned with their strategic goals and objectives and that they're investing their resources in the projects that are most likely to have the biggest impact. So pipeline management, and that is the the funnel of all the ideas coming into the organization, where they can't all possibly be delivered is going to be far more effective and and fairer as I suggested as I just had suggested. And I've seen this work firsthand and some remarkable results. As I said, if you are not delivering, then you won't be keeping you won't keep getting funding. But if you are delivering and kicking goals, then you should absolutely keep getting funding. So they are some of the advantages and also some of the challenges. And I want to close out with some recommendations for you to address some of the challenges we've spoken about earlier. So when I spoke about resistance to change, if this is something you're facing in your organization, I recommend that you involve your stakeholders early on in the process and provide clear communication and education about the benefits. This one's really important because if you think about it, I don't know about you, but many, many, many organizations I've worked with struggle for those that do not work in projects, i.e. those in HR or finance or sales or marketing or other departments. They struggle with the fundamentals of project management. I mean, they're not expected to know project management. That's not their specialty. 
So they already struggle with the concepts of project management. And then we throw in this thing called agile that even some of the best practitioners are trying trying to get their head around. So you can know you can wonder why there is resistance to change. It's absolutely overwhelming in some instances. So take the time to educate them and have a really tailored approach for the way that you do that. Because remember, we all learn differently. When thinking about lack of expertise, you can consider hiring or training personnel with experience in agile-based methods to provide guidance and support during the transition. Consulting external experts can help, but make sure that you don't brush all types of experts with the same brush. For example, an agile coach is not going to be the answer for everything. They have focus on coaching delivery teams, whereas when you need skills such as agile governance and agile portfolio management, you're better suited finding an organization similar to ours who specialize in this space. Thinking about integration with existing processes, well, you have to make sure that you carefully assess your existing processes and identify areas where agile-based methodologies can be integrated and engage with stakeholders early to help identify potential issues and roadblocks. This is a really big, big problem in a lot of organizations at the moment because what they've done is they've overlaid new processes and ways of working on top of old, ineffective processes. That means there's no integration, but if anything, there's confusion and it's becoming quite overwhelming for teams. And then finally, thinking about metrics and measurements. Well, identify and track metrics that align with customer needs and outcomes and regularly assess and adjust them to help ensure you're delivering value to customers and stakeholders. And don't develop those in isolation. Work with the relevant teams that are going to be the beneficiaries of the change that you are trying to implement. Remember, agile portfolio management can also help organizations improve their organizational culture and foster a more collaborative and innovative environment. By encouraging cross-functional teams to work together and learn from one another, organizations can break down silos and promote a culture of continuous learning and improvement. This approach can help organizations attract and retain top talent and create a workplace that is more engaged, motivated, and productive. So there you have it, my tips and recommendations and observations around agile portfolio management. I hope you enjoyed that. And if you did, please share this episode or reach out to me on LinkedIn to talk further. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Please share this with someone or rate it if you enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow us on social media and to stay up to date with all things Agile Ideas. Go to our website, www.agilemanagementoffice.com. I hope you've been able to learn, feel or be inspired today. Until next time, what's your Agile Idea?